Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, Word Association Wednesday. The ham, the how, the high. Next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through Lubbock. Great to see you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your first listen every day on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. He's the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Happy hump day to all who celebrate and doing something with a little bit different twist here today on Locked On Texas Tech. It is Word Association Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. I'm not selling any monster truck tickets, but I'm going to kick a few things out, and then Chris and I will toss them around with a little word association. Feel free to play along there in the YouTube comments. Always appreciate your interaction there each episode. And uh, Chris, we're going to kick it off here with a little bit of a curveball. This has obviously got a double T relation, but not something we've really touched on so far on this episode. As a matter of fact, this may be the inaugural mention of the great, the legendary, the iconic, the enemy of all backboards, Darvin <laughs> Ham. Great to be with you, Chris, but what is on your mind when you think about the great Darvin Ham? You know, I, I think my, my first uh, thought here you know, as we as we kind of discuss, uh, and, and we got to kind of nail it down to a word. I'll, I'll be really boring to start this uh, exercise out, and I'll say coach. And here's why: <laughs> he is the coach of the Lakers. However, when I first heard that he was going to be the head coach of the Lakers, I thought, oh, one, I'm not a big Laker fan. That has nothing to do with it. Two. He is somebody that has waited his turn to be a head coach. Okay. He's been, you know, won championships with the Bucks, uh, one and one as a player with the Pistons. Um, and 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 he's just kind of he's been in the mix on various jobs. And I'm like, that's a difficult and it still is. However, you're he's one game away from the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. I think that when I first heard about this, I was like, this is a no-win situation for him because if they do poorly, guess who's going to get blamed for it? If they do well, you think he's getting any credit or you think LeBron's getting all the credit? You know, I mean, so um, – but I think he's weathered some storms here and kind of got these guys, you know, figuring things out and they're about to to oust the Warriors and, and advance to the to the Western Conference Finals, in my opinion, in, against the Nuggets or the, uh, or the Suns. And I – I just think he does deserve a lot of credit because tremendous amount of spotlight on him, the Russell Westbrook stuff that they dealt with all year. But but Coach Darvin Ham, uh, very impressive. And it makes you wonder, man, he was the other finalist uh, for the old uh, Red Raiders job, what, what two years ago, I guess it was? Mm. Mm-hmm. Two years ago this April. I mean, him, him and Mark Adams. Makes you wonder how things would have been – differently had they made a different decision at the time but uh i would say that it, it as we sit here and talk right now now things could change in a week but right now darvin doing pretty well uh out there in uh, la 
Yeah, I, you know, being at the steering wheel of the Los Angeles Lakers or the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys, New York Yankees, the, these are unique positions unto themselves. But at the wheel with LeBron James there is, is on another level, Chris, because that car is like a driver's ed car. LeBron's got his own steering wheel, his own you know brake pedal on the other side as well. We know how those relationships have uh, worked over the years. Shout out to Eric Spolster and Mike Brown and all the guys he's made so much money as head coaches. Uh, over the years, but uh, excited to see him have success. I hate the Lakers. I don't ever wish for them to win a game. <laughs> yeah. So I don't. I don't really know how I feel about this, but I'm glad to see Darvin Ham having success. And you segued almost into my word association with Darvin Ham. Now this word is followed by a question mark. Okay, so I'm going to have to give the right inflection. But but my reaction when I think Darvin Ham is whoops <laughs> because. <laughs> I don't know if there was a mistake made uh, when you go one way and it's not the way that leads to Darvin Ham being your head coach uh, at Texas Tech. The, the question mark is more so, Chris, I guess based in the thought of was it ever even a real possibility? Like, would he have, ex did he want this job? You know, if he's a finalist, I guess maybe that tells you something about Texas Tech's perspective on Darvin Ham, but would this be a job that he would have even taken at the time? I don't really know. Maybe you can shed some light on that, but I do wonder, like I think a lot of tech fans, did we make a whoops <laughs> and going the other way at that time? Was it really a feasible relationship that could have come together under different, I guess, circumstances? Yeah. You know, Darvin interviewed for, I've known Darvin for a long time and he, he's a, he's a phenomenal guy. Just Great personality, you know, originally from Flint, Michigan, and then came here and we knew about the team he played on in the mid-90s uh, under James Dickey. But um, we used to have him on uh, on the show I was doing all the time, and he, he, he'd he be like, when he, when he was a player, he he did he did some Maverick stuff. Um, he was an assistant with – but he's always – I, I think this is a college job. This is the only one he would have he would have entertained, and he did entertain it. And I think that, but he's always had his eye on being an NBA head coach, which he's realized this dream. That is a short time frame, though, that you get to keep those jobs. Typically, um, I think uh, he, he, I think maybe wanted to get wants to get into the front office type stuff eventually uh, at, at the professional level. Um, he was coaching. Uh, I think a, a semi-pro team in New Mexico in Albuquerque years and years ago. So he's just kind of been on this career path, but he's always come back to tech and, and, and all those things. The reason he wasn't hired though, and he did interview for it. He was one of the two finals. Absolutely. I mean, so it was, yeah. it was Mark Adams chosen over Darvin Ham. The reason yeah. that they made the choice at the time was Darvin. And it, it's kind of like the whole NFL in college football, like conversation that you have, who is he going to surround himself with coaching wise? And then he doesn't know from a recruiting standpoint, he doesn't know players at this level or, you know, there was a, there was a huge kind of question mark uh, as it relates to, to, to that uh, part. And so they decided to go with Mark, who they felt like had a better feel for the college game and, and surrounding himself with coaches and, and all those things. You know, so that that's why that choice was made at the time. And, you know, after, obviously but it could have happened. Absolutely. It yeah, because you, you know who's on the committee. The sky. Yeah. No, you know who's on the committee was Tony Batie. And Tony Batie, obviously, mm. I'm sure you can 
guess as to kind of what his opinion would have been, not that his opinion carried more <laughs> than the other. Those were former college teammates on that, those, those same teams in 95 and 96. Um, and so, but uh, yeah, I, I think everybody understood it. I don't think Darvin had any, any hard feelings uh, about it at all. And like I said, it, it worked out. I mean, the guy's got, you know, NBA championships as a player and an assistant coach. I mean, pr- pr- pretty stellar NBA career. And then obviously had a, um, you know, a long stint there under Mike Budenholzer there with uh, with the Bucks and got to coach Giannis. I mean, the last time I actually talked to him on a radio show, he's like, uh, he's like, man, I'm just sitting here trying to figure out how to guard. Or my team needs to guard Damian Lillard tonight. I'm like, a little bit different than uh, than, I, than, my, than my day was going. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know how you guard Damian Lillard, but that that, that was his NBA world. So. <laughs> Um, but but if the Lakers advance and if the Lakers move on, if the Lakers win it all, I will give one million percent of the credit to one man, and that man is the guy we're talking about now, Darvin Ham, Austin Reeves. Oh, Darvin Ham, that's <laughs> exactly Sooner. my bad. Yeah, that's right, uh, Darvin Ham. Um, no, I look the the choice was made, and it is what it has been. So what are you going to do about it? But happy to see Darvin Ham have success. And yeah, once you kind of get locked into, I guess my thought for for Ham is a lot of potentially at that time as a tech coach is a lot of what you just described. It really seemed like he was locked into that uh, NBA ecosystem, if you will. Like he's a part of the NBA universe. I don't really look at him as a part of the college basketball universe. Not that they have to be exclusive to one another all the time, but man, had put in so much time uh, within that NBA universe that you just kind of felt like, ah, I I don't know, is the college match going to be right for him? Because there was going to be a match for him. It wound up to be, uh, in Los Angeles with the Lakers, and they're having success right now. And I'm just trying to forget about what the uniform says and just remember that precious face of Darvin Hams. That'll spur a Red Raider fan on, uh, I guess, through these trying times. Word association number two next on Locked on Texas Tech. But first, today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. And if you're looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar, don't want all the calories, I got what you need, buddy. That's Built Bar or Built Puff, what makes them so good? For starters, covered in 100% real dark chocolate. Tastes so great, you're not going to think they're good for you. Unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, cookies, and cream. Not sure how they do it, but they maintain amazing macros while tasting like a candy bar. What's even better, they're healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait to get a box. You can always go to Built.com to get your specialty flavors. But also right now, you can walk into your local Walmart or Sam's Club and pick up a four-bar box if you're at Walmart. Or if you hit Sam's Club, 13-bar box with hit flavors, brownie batter puff, or the churro puff. You can thank me later after you try your first Built Bar. Glad to have you along for the ride on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network with Chris. I'm Casey. It's Wednesday. We're associating words with subjects. Now, this number we're going to get to coming up next. We spent some time talking about generally a couple of days ago, a couple of days ago, pardon me, across the Big 12 conference, uh, and it relates to win totals. Uh, but 7.5 is what we have most recently seen listed there for the Red Raiders, Chris, and was curious to get uh, some more thoughts specifically as it related to that. That's 7.5 from you. 
uh, for Texas Tech? So my uh, my word here uh, that I the, the first thing I thought of uh, is when I, when I saw this win total because I'm, I'm I'm looking at it all I don't know what I if you just said what is your guess going to be I I don't I maybe would have said eight and maybe that was a bit of it so I guess I would have been close seven and a half when I saw it I was like oh, okay they they, they kind of went a little bit I guess slightly lower. But it's the third best win total in the Big 12 because I think you're tied with somebody else there. But then I think Oklahoma and Texas are at nine and a half. But the, the, the reason why the first thing I thought of, honestly, and the word that I will attach to it is schedule. The, the, this isn't a win total from Vegas. Isn't about a conference championship. It's not about getting to a bowl game. They don't care. They just look at your 13 games and try to figure out, okay, what's the sweet spot? on on creating equal money on on how people will bet and it's a diff so the reason why it wasn't eight or maybe the win total or, you know is, is a little bit lower the schedule is not just the easiest one i mean you've got you know your your, your two non-conference games to start the season i think are both one of them obviously is going to be nationally relevant and i think uh going to be one of your tougher games in the season potentially and then that very first one is just tricky. I mean, you you could easily start the season out one and one, and I don't think anybody would go would bat an eye or, or anything like that. The other thing, though, is the reason I say schedule is you miss Oklahoma State on your schedule. This would have been a good year to play them, in my opinion. I don't think they're going to be very good. The other team that you miss is Cincinnati. I also don't think they, they, they're going to be the worst team uh, of the of the new four, they got a new coach. Their, their team's a bit of a, a mess right now. I think they're gonna. Th- this isn't Luke Fickle's Cincinnati Bearcats from a couple of years ago. Uh, so the the roster is a bit depleted. It needs some time. They, they won't be terrible, but I think that would have been an easier on paper. And you you miss those two teams. Um, I mean, and yeah. And- by the way, Chris, I was also excited about the chance to start a. Tuberville Beef Bowl. Everybody that hates Tommy <laughs> Tuberville gather in a stadium on a Saturday. We'll maybe get some other fans in there as well, but there's that connection between the Red Raiders and the Bearcats. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so you, you you look at it, and like one of your easiest games, and it's going to be tricky too, is like at West Virginia. At, you know, they West Virginia is going to be picked to finish near the bottom of the Big 12 standings. Neil Brown is very much on the hot seat, and yet they play Pitt and Penn State before they play you. So the reason I say it's going to be tricky is they could be like Ofer to that point, and they may be playing for, and a coach may be coaching for his life at that point. And so then here you come in, you know, uh, whatever, with an opportunity. But, again, it's just just tricky. So, anyway, I just – I'll wrap up my, my thought there is that I, that's the first thing I thought of when I kind of started to process it all. I would have guessed eight. Maybe I would have been too high. Clearly I am by just a little bit. But the first thing I thought of was just the schedule because that's why that win total is being placed at what it is, in my opinion. Yeah, I think my word would be context uh, because we have Great. learned this offseason that seven wins, eight wins, uh, that number can feel very differently. Uh, from one season to the next. So just assuming they do get into that territory, uh, what's the context of that number actually going to signify as far as feelings for the fan base? And, you know, Mike Le- the Mike Leach era is the one that really taught me as a, a college sports fan or observer 
um, that unique in some ways, not specifically, but unique in some ways to college sports is the ability to amplify what your record is via beating opponents that your fan base really cares about. And there were some seven and fives or eight and fours or whatever, you know, under Mike Leach that felt great because you're smacking the Aggies around or something like that. And it's like, okay, well, I, I get the numbers only a couple of games above 500 here, but uh, you know, you're beating some of these that, that you really care about beating at that time. Obviously last season was an exercise in exactly that, Chris, as you beat opponents, your fan base cares about in the Sooners and the Longhorns <clears throat> beat another in-state opponent in Houston early in the season. I think those things matter. Uh, but there was another layer to that, Chris, to add more context to the seven regular season wins, the eight overall in year one for Joey McGuire. And that was the what have you done for me lately layer. Because when you finish not losing over the part of a month, month and a half, you win four straight. And one of those in a bowl setting against an SEC opponent I mean, how are you not going to feel better about that eight wins as opposed to like an eight-win total that came about uh, as a result of winning four straight at the end, but you had Weber State and who gives a damn you in the last two weeks of the regular season? I mean, context is everything within college sports. It's, I would say, perception is everything, obviously, as you would think in reality, but specifically well, Cowan, within college sports. Well, well, think about it. What, what if you would have, you were four and five – at that point, you won out. This is your context point. Let, let's let's just think about how we would be feeling right now had you been eight and one at the time, and then still finish with the same record of eight and five. Yes, the Kingsbury approach. I think you were talking about the Kingsbury protocol there. Which, which, <laughs> and at least that time, at least that one, they did win that final game. So at least you went into this offseason. <laughs> the bowl game, right? Yeah, you, you you beat up on Arizona State. Arizona State was ranked really high, and uh, you know, and all that division stuff. champ yeah, that year. That's right. That's right. So, <laughs> um, so anyway, but yeah, no, I, I, think I think you're it, on the money there. It don't feel the same, right? That's right. It just doesn't. <laughs> so kudos to coach mcguire anybody else that can beat those opponents their fans really care about but also finish strong be better in november than in september i don't know when i've thought that was the case like and certainly not consistently over the years if ever over the previous decade that i feel like you really got better as the season went along which is one indication in my opinion of a well-coached team but i did feel that way uh last season for whatever it's Worth. Let's stick with Texas Tech before we move along, Chris, but pivot in a way <laughs> elsewhere on campus because I don't know if we need to start with, you know, like rosier thoughts or more cautionary thoughts when we think of Texas Tech baseball and the baseball postseason. Do you have a word uh, for that subject? Because I think that one has some vagary to it, as a matter of fact. Yeah, you know, I, I think uh... – for for several years, it's just been assumed not only would Texas Tech baseball, Tim Tadlock's team, make the NCAA tournament, but it was w which teams are we hosting? Which teams are coming to love it? You know, kind of kind of mentality, and right. and rightfully so. And I think I think you're kind of in in a, a weird spot right now where it's not like this particular year. It's not just a guarantee that you're a lock for the NCAA tournament, much less. I don't think there's any chance to host NCAA tournament games here. I think that I don't care if you won out. Uh, I just think the numbers and the data are not on your side. So 
As it relates to your NCAA tournament chances, I'll give you two words, okay? But you know that, that's I didn't I didn't want to. Uh, but I'll, I'll tell you West Virginia, okay? And here's why. So you 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 have an RPI that, based on your your two wins over Abilene Christian, has improved to like fifty two. Okay, your, your, your league overall is not very high in the RPI. You only have three teams in the top 25. So it's not like boosting you kind of like, um, oh, the, the, the basketball part was this past year, like as far as right. the data goes. So, but guess who's the highest team uh, ranked in the RPI? It is West Virginia. Guess who you play this weekend? It is West Virginia. Um, your road record is kind of a sore spot as it relates to your RPI. Guess where these games are at this weekend? At West Virginia. So if you go win two of the three, if you win that series, I guess I should say, uh, I, I think you at that point have locked yourself in to, to getting a bid to the tournament. If you go get swept, though, I, I think this is going to get really interesting and and maybe interesting and in, in not in a good way. Um because again, <laughs> right. your RPI is like at fifty-two. Uh, it's just not. It's not great. And so, yeah, you won thirty. You've won thirty-four games. You had a great, uh, you know, couple of wins over Abilene Christian. But anyway, so I'll, I'll, I'll cheat a bit and just, you know, NCAA tournament chances hinge on West Virginia right now because that's next opponent. These are road games, and their RPI is the highest. So I'll go with that one. No cheating when there are no rules. So you're in the clear <laughs> there. No rules, just right. Uh, Outback Steakhouse stole that from us. That's still going through some court proceedings to see who the uh, right. owner of that phrase is. Uh, I'm going to say another word with a question mark at the end of it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Ron Burgundy. Oh, that's the wrong prompter. San Diego. Here we go. Pressure? Because here's what I'm wondering, Chris. Is there no pressure because of the success you've had and the feeling that, you know, we're Texas Tech, this is Tim Tadlock's team, we're going to get this done? Or is there an extreme amount of pressure because of that same statement? Are you, I don't want to say a victim of your own success, that, that's too dramatic, but uh, you, you've set a standard, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I think some belief in your ability to win games, get to the postseason, be relevant nationally, either could, I don't know, ease some pressure that another team might feel trying to do this um, in an atypical kind of situation, or maybe it, I mean, exponentially increases the pressure uh, because of that standard and, and what your fan base, what your, your coach expects of you. I, I really don't know which way to go, but I might be inclined to lean more towards uh, the latter, that it actually is going to add pressure to what you're doing in a season like this when you're kind of just – you're on that line of in or out, you know, like you're talking about the, the pressure that could come with, Hey, we really want to host a regional or whatever that might be. I mean, that's one thing, but that's, that's not exactly the pressure that I'm talking about. This is like, you know, you're fighting for your postseason survival and things like that. And for this program, that's, that's unusual. So I, I might lean more towards there is more pressure as a matter of fact, as a result of your success um, as a program, but I could be wrong. How, how do you feel about that? You think there's more or less as a result? Pardon me, as a result of your standard. 
And I don't think it is uh, being dramatic when you said a while ago that you're a victim of your own success. I think you're very much uh, – there, there's a standard here, and the standard – you know, Tim Tadlock will be the first one to tell you we're not lowering the bar, okay? You know, right. each team needs to, needs to meet the expectation. And it's difficult in this sport – like like it is now with every sport, but but I think Tim's situation is a bit different in that when the draft kind of really just kind of gets after your roster, and then you're trying to figure out certain things, you gotta you gotta have plans and backup plans and and backup plans to the backup plan on, you know, filling out a roster, and then sometimes you end up with more players than you have spots for, and it's just tricky team year to year. And this is the way this sport was way before the portal. Or, or NIL or anything like that. But they are, I, I think, a, a victim of is – is the fan base, are we spoiled? I, I don't know if that's true or not. But the standard, you know, and it's it's what they've done. It was like, okay, we're at least – we're at least contending for the conference championship and hosting these games, you know, and then, and then it's right. like, if we don't get to Omaha, it's a disappointment, but this year has been a little bit different. I think the pitching has struggled and, and all those things, but I, I'm, I'm sure that, um, you know, they're, they're probably feeling a little bit of pressure. I, you, you could just tell yeah. the sense of maybe there was a sense of urgency with the, the way they approached the, the Abilene Christian game, you know, um, and, and you're down six zero to kind of, you know, start that resumed, uh, game and then you you put up a what was it, an eight or nine spot uh, in one inning and then you you end up uh, you know winning winning the second game the, the, those are key those are key wins and you know you you need all of them you can get you've got thirty four of them right now but you need you need to get more but I'm, I'm just telling you man that this series this weekend is going to be crucial to their postseason chances. Yeah, looking forward to finding out what's going to be the result of that and if you can just get in on the other side kind of feel like you can reset and uh you know Absolutely. begin a postseason march of sorts because it it's been a a bit of a fist fight no doubt about it I think as far as the regular season goes and it's got to be taxing to a degree and you throw in a little of that pressure so I'm sure they're looking forward to uh, maybe collecting some wins and shoring up a postseason resume all right we're back and wrapping it up with you coming up next as we are taking it Rocky Mountain high after this on Locked On Texas Tech Always great to be with you. Thanks for making us a part of your day on Locked On Texas Tech. Whenever, wherever, however you're making it happen, we appreciate being your first listen every day on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts with Chris. I'm Casey coming to you from west of the 100th Meridian where it's really going down. Another great day in the great state. Wrapping up this Word Association Wednesday. La Palabras. Excelente. Uh, with one from outside of our Red Raider or Texas Tech box here, Chris, as we're going to mention Colorado. And for those who only listen in, you don't see us on YouTube, you don't know that Chris Level's got a felt black light poster hanging on the wall behind him. So maybe you don't know what word he might associate with Colorado. Sativa, anyone? I'm not sure. That's why we ask. <laughs> Chris, what's your reaction when you're thinking about, I don't know, the state or the university or the athletics department, anything Colorado related these days. <laughs> you could go a variety of different directions here. Uh, I, I wanted to discuss this for, for one direction, but they have clearly been in the news 
for a variety of different uh, reasons with Dion and the football program. But I, I, I my word here is rumors. Okay. Um, oh, I think going Fleetwood Mac on us. Absolutely. Right. Yes. Um, I think all this realignment discussion really for now, three to four weeks. And there, look, there is on the record reporting that we've seen from some of the national folks about what networks are involved with the, the big 12 and what networks are not. And there, there's some been some discrepancies there, but if, if you go look at certain internet message boards uh, amongst Big 12 or Pac-12 circles, there is a lot of speculation, and it has just not gone away. From people that I think are somewhat connected, but nobody's been on the record and attached a name and said, this is who I've talked to here. But bottom line is the rumors will not go away about Colorado's you know, heavy interest in, in jumping ship. And... And here's where I, I I wonder: Are they willing to jump ship without even seeing what the Pac-12 would would have for them as part of a Pac-12 deal, or would they just say we're tired of waiting? We don't want we we don't think it's going to be anywhere near with the Big 12. The Big 12 has extended an offer, I would assume, and and this is what we get, and so we're just going to because pe- people have. have suggested heavily that something was going to happen early this week. It hasn't at the time you and I are talking or that it would be later this week or, or, or in the next week or so. Uh, but it all revolves around Colorado. Uh, and then you kind of hear a little bit lesser extent like Arizona and, and, and some of the others. But Colorado, and, and, I, and I can tell you this for a fact, I was told, you know, a month ago, Colorado and I and it was news to me at the time and I think Casey we've actually talked about this a little bit but Colorado was the one of the four corner schools they were always the most interested they've always been the most receptive they've always been the most engaging um, and it just never really was reported or portrayed as such and I always looked at it and thought Colorado is the the one that I would want to add the least I don't know what they bring to you but again it's still a no-brainer add if they were to to, 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 you know, announce in the next day or 60 days, hey, we, we want to go back to our roots and be a, a big eight slash big 12 member uh, again like we were previously. So anyway, my word is rumors because they just will not go away. Uh, we're going R double here because mine is regret. <laughs> I, I, I would have never guessed, ever guessed. Really, that anyone that left the Big 12 would be spun around in the wash and spit back into the Big 12 at any point, you know, a decade and a half ago when this began going down with Nebraska, the Aggies, Missouri, and Colorado. I did not anticipate that they would all find greener pastures. I I knew Nebraska, good luck with that. Your fans are really going to love tailgating outside the stadium uh, for a three and and nine year and thinking about those big – 10 research dollars that's really going to mean a lot to them i'm sure you know that's that's going to be terrific for the fan base uh i didn't think it'd be all roses you know i mean colorado already stunk so whatever did we even care um and you kind of felt like yeah left coast weirdos you'll fit in very very well in the pac-12 conference um but i never would have thought anybody's getting spit back into the big 12 of course i did not anticipate at that time uh, that there would be a Big 12 that did not feature the cancer that spit all of them out in the first place, that being the University of Texas, and can't wait for their pursuit of destroying their third consecutive conference, or at least trying to. 
uh, in the SEC in some years to come. It's their biggest challenge yet. It's the most compelling rose ceremony ever. You know, it's going to be awesome reality television. Um, but regret. I-, I wonder if Colorado does actually regret the move initially that now could result in them, you know, coming back on down that Big 12 aisle. Or if this is the way that it kind of had to be. I-, I don't know if they felt like it was tenable to remain there. And I would in the first place uh, in the Big 12 Conference. But I would venture to guess, Chris, that while it wouldn't be the case in the original 12-team league, that they might have made less money in the Pac-12 over the years than they could have if they stayed as a member of a 10-team Big 12. Like if Texas Christian comes on board, West Virginia never does, or whatever scenario would lead you down that path. I wonder what their member institution payout would be comparatively to what they did get in the Pac-12 conference over this time, because that is one of the greatest things the Big 12 has had going for it. And that is what I feel like is the most important thing and the thing that gets least reported nationally. Member institution payouts. Your, you know, your general, your sum total was never as big as others. And people are like, oh, look, you're not even as big as the Pac-12 or the ACC. Buddy, we got 10 members. So these 10 are cashing bigger checks than they've ever, ever cashed before. So it was working out pretty well. And I, I do. I wonder what those dollars would actually look like between what they did get, what they could have gotten if they remained in a, uh, a smaller Big 12. I know that's just all, you know, pie in the sky type of conversation because it didn't go down that way. But I don't know. I, I don't know they'd ever admit it, but I wonder if there is regret for ever making the move in the first place. I mean, I, I think if they were to jump back, I think that's that's the – jumps to the front of the line like okay yeah we, we we're gonna undo a uh, undo a decision <laughs> that we made years and years ago and like this is just we we thought it was better but grass wasn't greener it's it's ran, ran its course and and we're, we're back in the fold here yeah I mean, can I, you I, believe I, it did you ever guess any of these get spit back in i mean I, I mean i'd be willing to bet that they'll never do it but i'd be willing to bet to you that Everything other than the money component, Nebraska has a lot of regret too. You know, yeah. that now, especially maybe the, the Texas is about to depart. That's always stuck in their craw. But competitive geography, recruiting, on-field success in all sports, uh, but they just can't turn down that paycheck. That paycheck is just astronomical compared to what everybody else is getting. So that that's what, uh, you know, is the ultimate trump card in, in, in that conversation uh but i'd be willing to bet like you know like you said i mean they, they've just been a disaster for for a decade plus and just just irrelevant but um i you know and i think i think missouri probably is that way it's just there's some of these are weird fits uh, i guess but um i guess there's no such thing as really as a weird fit when you've got central florida in the big 12 and west virginia in the big 12 and byu in the big 12 and on and on it goes so i mean there, there's no such thing as, as real fit but um but yeah i mean colorado being back would, would certainly be interesting but I, I think they probably have, have felt like they they missed it uh years and years ago and felt like they wanted to do what nebraska did and it just it just hasn't been the case but without ucla and usc it kind of defeats the purpose uh, of, of being in the Pac-12 yeah. from Colorado's standpoint. Yeah, come on back down. Take that walk of shame. <laughs> you forgot an earring in the house when you left that Saturday morning, honey. We apologize, <laughs> but we'll try not to laugh too much. Welcome back to the family. Hope to welcome you back tomorrow right here on Locked on Texas Tech. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you're an everydayer out there making this your first listen on YouTube or 
anywhere you get podcasts. Appreciate it greatly. Chris, uh, looking forward to doing it once again with you tomorrow. Thanks for the time. As always, man, enjoyed it. Back at you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on and uh, keep up alive, everybody. You got it. Subscribe on YouTube if you haven't so far so you never miss an episode. For Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. We'll see you for the next round on Locked on Texas Tech.